This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, May 29th, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. When Congress gave President Bush the ability to take out al-Qaeda more than a decade ago, lawmakers weren't exactly clear who the enemy was. Now President Obama claims even more expansive powers under that same authorization of the use of force. Ben Friedman, a research fellow in Defense and Homeland Security Studies at the Cato Institute, evaluates the president's recent rhetoric. The president's speech last Thursday on drone policy and on Guantanamo Bay and sort of more broadly on counterterrorism had a lot of rhetoric, a lot of good rhetoric from my perspective on um, how the war might be restrained or even end. Uh, but it was very short on uh, concrete policy proposals. He requested that Congress allow him to uh, close Guantanamo Bay ultimately and said he'll use authority he already has to send people who are Yemeni there to Yemen, which will help empty it out. Um, and he said a lot of things about how um, the drone strikes ought to be uh, – ought to end eventually uh, the war in Afga- when the war in Afghanistan ends or the legal authority should end. But he um, said very little about what exact restrictions he would agree to or has authorized. Uh, the legal rules for drone strikes remain uh, secret as do uh, the procedures the White House uses to decide who it's going to kill. And they are purely within the – executive branch? They're within the executive branch to the extent that Congress in 2001 passed the authorization of military force that said you could have a war against uh, those who did the 9-11 attacks and those who harbored them. And that has been interpreted by the last two administrations to be a almost limitless warrant for war against people they say are in al-Qaeda or its associated forces. Uh, that hasn't changed uh, at all as, as far as we can tell. The president said he would be open to discussing more limits on the authorization of military force. There's been a lot of talk lately in Congress and, and in Washington about a new authority for war, even just letting the authorization for military force end, which I would favor. The president said, well, I'd be open to that. He wasn't specific. He said uh, we should eventually repeal it or we may eventually repeal it. And he did say that I wouldn't sign anything that expands uh, my war powers, but um, it's hard to imagine um, a more expansive set of powers than those he currently claims. So um, it was it was uh, good in some ways, but mostly rhetorically, and uh, the policy content was basically missing. Now, uh, President Obama's rhetoric, I, I think, changed fairly quickly when he was in office when he referred to uh, specifically the groups of people responsible for 9-11. He went from saying al-Qaeda to broadening it as he was expanding in, Af- in Afghanistan to al-Qaeda and their extremist allies, which became sort of a standard part of his rhetoric about that. It, it, does that rely essentially on that authorization of the use of force from 2001? Yeah, it probably depends to, on the context to some extent. But the idea of who's in al-Qaeda is itself very nebulous. I mean, the group was never sort of a hierarchical military type organization that um, gives orders and sends operatives uh, hither and yon. It was, it was always sort of a group of groups of guys, to use Mark Sageman's phrase, and uh, associated forces is even vaguer, especially in the hands of creative lawyers like they have in the White House. So um, yeah, I think a lot of the president's rhetoric is, is sort of um, keeping options open and some of it is just speech writing. Now, uh, it seems in uh, asking Congress to perhaps take some action, he seems confident that that might not occur. Well, it's not really clear what he's asking Congress for with the exception of uh, Guantanamo Bay where I think he deserves credit for renewing his efforts to try to clo- close the place because it is sort of a, a 
diplomatic sore for the United States. And beyond that, I, I think it's um, just not practical to keep the, or fair really to keep these people there forever in some of their cases. Um, but beyond that, it's not entirely clear what he's asking uh, the Congress for, certainly when it comes to restricting war powers or drone strikes. The uh, rhetoric he used said, I'm open to discussing maybe a court uh, like the uh, FISA court that uh, reviews uh, strikes before they happen, uh, but he didn't say he was for that. Um, and I think that uncertainty reflects to some extent the fact that the White House, the administration hasn't concluded their own meetings and fights about wh what they want to ask for. Now, this president issued his, his speech or made his statement um, sort of returning to foreign policy from domestic scandals, but it happened at about the same time that a, uh, a report came out that indicated that the number of drone strikes has dramatically declined. I think the decline in the number of drone strikes, which is a good thing, is probably a result of military conditions or um, the conditions that we use to determine who we're going to hit as much as change rules uh, that the White House uses. But again, we really don't know because uh, the rules are secret and uh, we don't know exa exactly uh, what criteria they're using. In the run-up to the speech, there was a lot of reporting on how this would be sort of a sea change in the president's uh, drone policy. And there was some reporting like that after where people said, well, he's really announcing the end or the coming end of the war. And I think to some extent, uh, reporters got hustled by the White House, which uh, put out talking points and, and selectively leaks information that said, well, this is a really big deal, this speech. It's not. Um, as I said before, the rhetoric is great. In some cases, it's important that the president said uh, that this threat is not as big as it was and it's, it's not a civilizational threat to the United States or something like that. It's easy to be cynical and say rhetoric doesn't matter uh, very much. Policy does. But rhetoric does matter when presidents are saying it. So the president should get credit for that. But it's important to emphasize that before the speech and after the speech, the president claims basically unlimited authority uh, for an endless war in terms of geography and time uh, based on legal principles that he won't share uh, with the set of rules for determining where strikes go that we're not privy to. So uh, very little has changed here. And just last week, a couple administration officials testified before Congress and uh, said the war might go on 10, 20 years. We don't need a renewal of the authorization of military force. And the Senate, authorization, the Senate Armed Services Committee, who they were testifying before, wound up requesting a list of the countries we're attacking or the list of the groups we think we can attack under the authorization of military force, which is an extraordinary thing. This far into this war, whatever we want to call it, the main oversight body in the Senate doesn't know what groups we're at war with. They had to ask the Pentagon for that. So that's the situation we're in and I think what people ought to pay attention to and object to. Ben Friedman is a research fellow in defense and homeland security studies at the Cato Institute and co-author of the Cato book, Terrorizing Ourselves. You can read more at Cato.org.